Gunning Show, Sports F59 of the fan, Ben Ennis. Brent Gunning. Can confirm. Shohei Otani, you can also confirm, has indicated he's going to be a Los Angeles Dodger, but it has not. I haven't seen a press release yet, so can't say it's for sure. Uh, I feel pretty confident in, in my reporting that Shohei Otani is going to be a Dodger. God, could you imagine? We have a... We have a Correa type mm. situation here. I mean, there are more ins and outs medically, and obviously sure. it's a complicated contract, especially when it's going to be paid out over the next one billion years. Um, but yeah, he's a Dodger. He's going to get seven hundred million, not over ten years, though. That's like kind of a misnomer. Why do we get to call it a ten-year contract worth seven hundred yeah. million dollars? I actually want to know like the very particular payout details. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious about this. Like, how late into again, not. Not his life. Uh-huh. <laughs> Somebody else's, potentially. <laughs> yeah. He's going to turn 30 in July of next season. But, yeah, he's going to be paid 70-ish million dollars over over 10 years. Now, Ben Nicholson-Smith with a report as far as financially how close the Blue Jays came to what the Dodgers ultimately gave to Shohei Otani. Uh, here's from his latest on Sportsnet.ca, which I would implore you to read in its entirety. As for how close the Blue Jays came to landing uh, Otani, there's a question only the two-time MVP himself can really answer, but sources familiar with the negotiations say the Blue Jays' best offer was in the same financial ballpark as the Dodgers. One source with knowledge of the talk said the Blue Jays were, quote, right there with an offer described as very competitive. The specifics of the final number aren't known, but to be right there with a $700 million offer certainly suggests a final bid well above $600 million. So this is a a unique person, a unique circumstance. You are paying not just for the performance on the field. Mm -hmm. So you can't just say, wow, they had 600 million bucks ready Mm -hmm. at at the hip to use in free agency. Well, okay, no Shohei Otani, but here's the thing. That's a lot of money. You can spread around, really improve your team this offseason. I don't know if that's necessarily the the case, but what does it indicate to you that they were willing to go to that place financially for Otani? I think you have to look at it as a true one of one. I think it, I think it proves what we already know about this ownership group, that if there is a reason to, and there is a plan in place, no problem spending the money. I think that is the, that is my biggest read from this. Now, again, it doesn't mean it's going to be $600 million of money, but I don't think that it is a case of, okay, all of a sudden we're looking at, it is completely different payroll parameters because, again, Shohei is a one-of-one, one, but this isn't to tear it down to the studs and see what happens situation all of a sudden here. This is still a team that spends money. You saw what the payroll looked like last year. And, again, the the, the bow and Vlad of it all, I think, is the the most interesting thing because, you know, Ben Ben hinted at it in his piece as well, and we'll talk to him about it in a minute here. But, yeah, that's, that's where my mind kind of goes with that is that – all that the all that them being willing to pony up that much for Otani proves is to me what I already knew that if there was a reason to and there was a plan in place and it all made sense, this group was willing to do it. And maybe that means they're real bidders for Juan Soto when he hits free agency uh, after a good season in the American League East with the New York Yankees. Um, I tend to think that like if if he does the things that we expect him to do in New York, that it's hard to imagine them getting outbid. But maybe, um, maybe it means that yeah, the, that money, a part of it, is going to be spent on extensions for Bo and Vlad. I do wonder, like, does that get the fan base geeked up to see? 
Bo Bichette extended beyond the two years of team control he still has remaining? I think Bo, yeah. Vlad, I think it's a little different, the conversation. There, there will always be people who are like, ah, great, he's here, he's locked up, good to know I don't have to worry about this. But I think Bo would feel different than, than Vlad. It, it would feel a little different to me for sure. What about God, you? Everything feels so different than the way Friday of course. was trending to feel. So course, it's like, again, like these conversations are so disparate from the ones we were having on Friday, but yeah, like it's nice, I guess. <laughs> it would be nice to extend Bobachet and understand that for sure you're not totally pivoting in two years or one year when only one year remains on Bobachet's deal. Like it would be nice to know mm-hmm. that there's not a doldrums about to set in for the Toronto Blue Jays, which I don't know, like... You look at the way the contracts are set up and Kevin Gossman, not long after that, his contract expiring. I don't know. Interesting window, for sure. Yeah. Interesting times in Major League Baseball. All right. Time for our insider, who is brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. It's the great Ben Nicholson-Smith. How's it going, Benny? Well, it's going okay, guys. Uh, that was not the weekend that a lot of us expected, that's for sure, but um, here we are. Yeah, it, it really wasn't. Uh, a multitude of different respects. All right, so, Ben, just like, uh, I'll leave it open-ended here, but what do you think happened? So, you know, to start, just want to say, like, for Jays fans who are listening to this, who have kind of been on this ride, Definitely just an incredibly tough few days. And so completely understand the frustration. If someone's just, you know, had enough of this story, totally get that. But I will tell you what I think happened here. And what I think has happened is that the Blue Jays expressed serious, serious interest from all aspects of their organization to Shohei Otani. Now that's step one. Step two is for that interest to be reciprocated to some extent. And I believe it was reciprocated. Um, I, I don't believe that Shohei Otani would fly across the country purely um, out of out of uh, a ploy by his agency to boost the price. Um, and to me, that did reflect some some genuine interest. Now, at that point, um, CAA, his agency, definitely did benefit from the fact that that information leaked and became public. And apparently the Dodgers, according to Tom Verducci, did get scared um, as the week progressed and as more reports became public. In no way do I think that this was a conspiracy by CAA with the Shark Tank guy. Um, That would be like he's 61 years old. There was going to be an expiry moment when he came off the plane and everyone realized he was not a 29-year-old athlete. Um, And so that was... To me, that's not a conspiracy that that happened in this, but um, the Dodgers got scared nonetheless, and the Blue Jays were very competitive. I'm told their offer was right there with what the Dodgers offered at $700 million. so that's a substantial offer. So the interest from the Blue Jays was very much genuine. They were led to believe, as I understand it, that Shohei Otani had mutual interest in them. And end of the day, he chose the Dodgers, and it's hard to fault the guy for choosing the Dodgers. 
Yeah, I, I mean, well, I think there are a lot of people who are finding it easy to fault him. Not that they're right to do so, but I think they're 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 working themselves to that place pretty quickly. What do you say to the people? And I, I'm sure you've seen this sentiment out there as well. I've definitely had it myself. I mean, I've been like a chameleon of what I've thought of this over the last two, three days. But what do you say to the sentiment that says, okay, once the story comes out that it seems as though the Dodgers were going to have the kind of right of last refusal or a chance to match, what do you say to people who say, this is just the Jays being used as leverage once again. And I don't even know that those people fault the Jays for that. You have to kick tires on a guy like this if you have interest. But what do you say to those people that just this was, that he was always going to be a Dodger and this was just the Jays being used for leverage? Well, I would say that it's entirely possible and maybe even likely that his preference was always to go to the Dodgers. Now, does that mean there was no chance for the Blue Jays? And and in the in the discussion around this and the reporting around this, I think it's been made pretty clear that the Dodgers were always the favorites and what the Blue Jays were trying to do is pull off an upset. And I think that that's how things unfolded here. The Blue Jays were trying to pull off an upset, didn't get it done in the end. Now, to me, that doesn't mean that they never had a real chance. Um, it just didn't unfold that way. And if the Dodgers had, you know, whose who's GM, Andrew Friedman, famously has the line that if you're rational about every free agent, you're going to finish third on every free agent. Mm-hmm. If the Dodgers had been a little bit more rational about this, and if their bid had maxed out at 600, he'd be a Blue Jay, mm-hmm. you know? And so you can't predict what the Dodgers are going to do. You can't sit here and say, oh, we have to, you know, assume that the Dodgers are going to be aggressive financially in a way that no one has in the history of this sport. You're going to assume that the Dodgers are going to do what they need to do. You don't know exactly what that is. You make your pitch. And, and again, I'm led to believe that the interest was mutual, and it just didn't get across the finish line. Is it acceptable practice to do what CAA might have done? And I know you're dispelling the conspiracy theory of, of putting the, the Shark Tank guy on the plane and, and, and floating that out there for everybody to believe. I do think that they took advantage of that situation when it presented itself. But let's go back to the Monday reporting about Shoy Otani being in Dunedin. If, in fact, that was coming out of his agency, is that acceptable practice amongst agencies and front offices to, to understand that, yeah, something like that might happen might not be um, it, it, it might not be on the up and up that it might be used as a potential negotiating ploy. Yeah, uh, to me, it, that's totally fine. And you know, it, of course, again, for Blue Jays fans, this is devastating. I'm not trying to take away from that, but if we just zoom out a little bit beyond the Blue Jays here, CAA's obligation is to their client. Shohei's obligation is to himself. So he's got to do what's good for him. He never made the Blue Jays a promise. And it might feel like he did um, because we discussed him a ton in the course of the last couple of weeks and with good reason, because there was real mutual interest. But, you know, end of the day, he did not promise Blue Jays fans anything. And so he's got to, he's got to do what's right for him. And CAA, if they're lying, yes, that's wrong. That is crossing the line. But if he's really in the mean in Florida, and that information happens to leak to a reputable reporter mm. who checks his sources and, and reports it, that, to me, that's not a problem. I mean, if, if CAA lied to someone, that is a problem. Mm. Um, but end of the day, too, it's on reporters to make sure that if someone is telling you information, you're double-checking that information. Yeah, so this is where I wanted to go next, um, because you're a guy that has worked off anonymous sources before. Like, you've done this for a long time, Ben. Um, and you're great at your job, and have a, to my knowledge, an unblemished record here. Some people are there. It's been a rough weekend for them, right? And we all know who, who I'm talking about here. 
just talk about the process of reporting this story and maybe it being different than some of the others that you've, you've done throughout the course of your career. Yeah, uh, um, so very different because in a lot of cases, either the team or the agency, or ideally both, will tell you what's going on as this is unfolding. Maybe it's off the record. Maybe it's you know not as much detail as you'd like. But you know there have been times where I'll get information about how negotiations are unfolding, even off the record, and that can kind of frame the way that I'm uh, looking at things or discussing things or writing about things. And in this case, CAA. I mean, they have a they have a spokesperson, and I was in contact with with him at points during this, and I would get no comments regularly. Just can't comment on that. Can't comment on that. And so, okay, that's you know, I'm I'm doing my diligence to try to see if there is a comment, and I got a lot of no comments. Same with the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays in this, to this day, wow. You know, we all know we all know that they were pursuing this, and this was an organizational wide effort from ownership on down, but. Ross Atkins hasn't actually acknowledged that the Blue Jays had serious, serious interest in Shohei Otani and that he was their number one offseason priority. And that was off the record, too. Ross Atkins would dodge. He was not, I mean, he might kind of laugh, chuckle for a little moment. And of course, everyone knows what we're talking about. But it's not like Ross Atkins was talking about this stuff off the record at the at the winter meetings last week. Like people were very, very close to the vest. And so that's where. You know, you, I did hear from other folks who were maybe on the periphery of this or getting information secondhand and reflecting it back to me. And you try to get as much information as you can. But in those situations, I, I you know, you just have to be careful. That's that's all. You just have to be careful. Yeah, you certainly do. And I don't know, maybe this is too inside baseball, but I, I think this is interesting to people. I just want to kind of follow up on that thought with this is the second year that this has happened. Obviously, the Otani is a completely different can of worms, but we all remember the judge to the Giants tweet from a different person last year. Do you think that there is, and you know, this isn't me throwing dirt on the industry or what you guys do. Again, like it is a hard, hard job reporting, but do you think there is maybe a, a changing of the guards or a kind of changing of the rules of engagement there? And like, I'm not saying burn your sources. I'm not far from it. But I just wonder if, you know, for a long time, it felt like it was when you get it from somebody, it's kind of good as gold and not that no one's ever made a mistake before. But we now have two straight off seasons where it's been the marquee guy that we've had something like this happen. Like just I guess you're just comment on that, Ben. Yeah, no, it's a good point. It's a it's a bad look for the baseball journalism community, for sure. And um, yeah, it's been a rough. It's been a rough weekend on that front, and fans deserve better. No question about that. Fans um, definitely deserve better. This is, you know, stuff that matters to fans. This is their, um, you know, uh, entertainment a lot of the time, and people people care deeply about these teams and about these developments. So definitely, fans deserve accuracy and consistency on that front. Yep. Uh, yeah, the Morosi tweet on, on Friday had everybody feeling this was legitimate. And uh, unfortunately for John, that was uh, pretty quickly uh, proven incorrect uh, by multiple reports, including your own, Ben. And yeah, as a result, Blue Jays fans, you know, they, they were pretty devastated in the moment. There was still hope on Saturday. And then when things go final, yeah, they, they, it's, it's a true level of devastation. But that's the fans, right? Like they're, that's the, the, the nature of being a fan that you, you, you're high when the highs are at, at its at its highest and as low as it can be after something like uh, Saturday transpired. When you're in charge of making the 2024 Toronto Blue Jays playoff viable, 
uh, and you're working in the front office. How do you, again, you said it, we haven't heard from those guys, and maybe we will, and maybe there will be clarity there, but like. Actually, hold on. Can I just ask that question? Does it, would it be smart of them to speak? Because I would assume otherwise, the next time we hear from them is, let's just say it's Cody Bellinger, and they're there to unveil. They don't want that whole news conference to be derailed by a bunch of Fotani questions, which people I would imagine would inevitably have. Like, do you think we will hear from them or something along those lines, Ben? I don't anticipate that we will necessarily because, and and I would hope that we do because I'm curious to hear that. Mm -hmm. And I think the fans would really be curious to hear that. Um, I I think Otani is such a unique player. He's just one of a kind. So you don't have to worry that, okay, you know, the concern within the Blue Jays, uh, you know, PR and front office might be what every time we don't sign a free agent, we have to do a press call. No, (laughs) you know, but I would say this is a unique situation. Yeah. I kind of guess that we hear from them when they make a move, not when the Dodgers make a move. Yeah, I I guess. Again, though, you're you're right. Like, say they sign Cody Bellinger this week. It's, yeah, it'll be a couple of questions about Cody Bellinger, but then it'll, yeah, quickly turn back to to show, hey, Otani. They're going to have to deal with CAA again, right? Like, that's the other thing, too, here. Like, I I I guess I don't want to have you guess about their feelings about the matter, but, like, yeah, your understanding of, of uh, professional disappointment from these guys who are, they're pros and they understand the, the stakes of the game, um, but it's, it's also, I imagine for them, it's got to be so difficult to, to recover after what felt like a defining Canadian sporting cultural moment being snatched away from them. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, for those of us in the media, for fans, it was like a, it was like a, a communal moment in a way. And unfortunately it ended up souring and ended up going in the wrong direction, but it had a chance to be like a really memorable day, a really cool day. We don't know at this point, again, not having heard from the Jays front office, we don't know how close they feel they got. Again, I think it's very safe to say that there was mutual interest and that the Otani camp had legitimate interest in the blue Jays. It was not fake. It was, of course, there's an element of leverage. Of course you need a stocking horse. Of course, you you benefit from the Blue Jays' interest, but it doesn't make it fake. That just that just you know. But in any case, um, yeah, I, I think that there's a possibility that the Blue Jays might have felt that they had a deal done. Um, I don't know that. That is pure speculation, to be clear. But there's a possibility that at some point on Friday they thought they had a deal done, or at some point, you know. And and I don't some know. Some reporter that. thought I, they had a deal done. That's for sure. Right. Some people, and and I had, and you know, this is like, again, to go inside baseball, I had someone on Friday tell me that there was a deal done and I didn't, you know, I just, I didn't, I I hadn't had it confirmed with enough people and I, but you know, someone said to me, watch for this. Um, And so it's entirely possible that the Blue Jays at some point thought they had something done. Now, would that make it hard to recover with CAA? Maybe, um, or at least with Nesbolello, who's the primary agent there. I mean, there are a lot of individuals with CAA who weren't driving this bus, and so that's totally fine. Mm. Um, you know, you're going to move on. But, um, yeah, I think for the Blue Jays, these guys and these, these individuals in the front office, like, it's, it's a very analytical, it's a very – um, you know, uh, process and data oriented group when it comes to decision making and trying to make the best decisions. But of course, they're human beings, right? This is tough. Today in those offices, it's going to be tough. Like, there's no question. And yeah, they have to bounce back. But, you know, they're all human. It's, it's not going to be an easy recovery. No, no. Tony Kemp doesn't sound the same. Hey, he really yeah. Um 
okay, again, like back to like the ethics of the thing, because like I could see a scenario where there's like a verbal commitment or like a real verbal indication that Shohei Otani is going to take the deal in Toronto on Friday. What 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 are the what are the ethics around that? Like, is it hey, do people understand is in, until pen is put to paper that nothing's done done, or is there an expectation when you make a verbal commitment like might have happened that that it is done? I would think if it had got to that point, again, now still in the speculation territory, right. if, if it ever got to that point that there was a verbal agreement, I would think the Blue Jays have every reason to be, to be mad. I mean, that's, that to me is, is crossing a line, um, you know, if there ever was any sort of, um, you know, commitment there. Now, if it was just, hey, we'll get back to you. Hey, this is really interesting. We appreciate this. Shohei is really interested. Um, we're going to get back to you then the Blue Jays are owed nothing. And in that case, you know, you got to move on. Like, you, you don't, you're not entitled to just landing the best free agent every time he's, he's on the market. The Dodgers have a chance too. But, and again, so this is where it would, be, it would be interesting to know. I'm not sure that Ross Atkins would even answer this, uh, you know, because it might not, he might not think it's worth his while to get into that stuff. But um, end of the day, he's a Dodger. And, and as, as things stand now, you know, I'm not going to sit here and assume that there's some conspiracy behind the scenes. I'm just going to, I'm just like I said off the top. I think it was mutual interest, and Shohei Otani chose the team that's been to the playoffs 11 straight years. Yeah, uh, 700 million helps too, and the team that everybody expected him to go to, the team and the place he's lived at, a lot of lot of things uh, pointing in that direction. You again, I'll point everyone to it. Tweeted it out last night. I will tell, send you there again. A wonderful write-up by you on sportsnet.ca. I think one of the most interesting parts of it is the idea of, okay, we know that's special money. We know that's Otani money. But we know Vlad and Bo would also potentially like some. What do you think that them missing out on Otani and then also just the fact that those dollars were bandied about? And again, we all understand it's a different ballpark, but agents are agents and they're always going to ask, what do you think this does to any possible extension talks this summer or in the future? or sorry, yeah, this winter or in the future. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Brent. Like, I think that it was kind of special money for Shohei Otani. No question about that. But at the same time, like, everyone knows now there's resources mm. are there, um, or at least were there for Shohei Otani. And I do think that, you know, even in the moments on, this is back to the winter meeting, so this must have been like Tuesday or Wednesday of last week as it was becoming clear that the Blue Jays, really did have serious interest in Shohei Otani. I had some conversations with agents there of like, oh, I guess this means they're not extending Vlad and Bo. And then, of course, that's totally speculative. And it's like, you know, no one knows exactly how those things would have unfolded. But that was the speculation among some agents at that moment that, hey, if they're signing Shohei for, you know, at the time we might have thought $600 million, turns out it would have been more, um, that you probably weren't going to do Bo and Vlad as well. But Here's the thing, like, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that the Blue Jays extend Bo or Vlad, and, you know, I, I, you know I, I just, I think a lot of stuff is on the table right now. I think a lot of stuff is on the table right now, and, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, put it this way, if I'm another team, if I'm maybe the Mariners, or if I'm maybe the Angels, I'd phone the Blue Jays about Bo Bichette and just see if there's, if there's a chance to pry them away, because, the Jays need to do some big stuff here. Yeah, okay. I, I was going to let you go, but like you a- opened up a now. can of worms there. So it, it, 
is there a Bobachet trade that makes your team better in 2024, or is this like some sort of quasi pivot? Could be a quasi pivot. It could be just like if you're a team that's interested in making a trade with the Blue Jays, they're kind of vulnerable now, right? Like this is a t- this is a time where and agents will try to take advantage of this too, um, where they know the Blue Jays have money. Um, other teams know the Blue Jays need to make moves. They've lost six players, like six good players. They've added no one. This team wasn't as good as it needed to be at the end of last year. And now they've just lost Shohei Otani. So that's part of the reason fans are frustrated too, is like they're down six major league oh players. God. Like this is, there's real, real work to do here. And again, it's the work, it's the job of the Blue Jays front office not to act with desperation. I don't think they will act with desperation, but again, you're the Cubs why not fund the Blue Jays and just see about Bo Bichette? Like maybe this is the time you get them on a, on a day they're feeling a little desperate <laughs> and you can kind of like, is, that's what you should do if you're a major league team. You've got to capitalize on these things. So oh. that's why I say like, if, if I'm, if I'm an agent or a team, um, you know, in conversation with the Blue Jays, now would be the time to push. Yeah. Nothing gets the juices flowing, like missing out on the generational free agent and then trading away the, the fan favorite player. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I guess, I'm not saying it'll happen. I'm just saying, like, if from the standpoint of other teams, yes. like, get in there now. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, what a wild time. Ben, uh, great reporting uh, over the weekend, over the last week or so, and I'm sure uh, still more of it to come. Thanks for doing this, buddy. Anytime, guys. Thank you. All right, that's Ben Nicholson-Smith at The Letters. Uh, he was our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. I didn't want to say this with him on the line, but he basically just advocated that the Cubs do the thing where you, like, go to an estate sale and the family is mm-hmm. just, like, heartbroken. It's Grieving, like, I'll give yeah. you six bucks for that. It's like, just get it out of here. I can't even look at it anymore. It reminds me so much of showing. Yeah. Like, that is what he just recommended then like teams would be smart to do that i don't think this this front office is gonna if if there's anything about this group we know pragmatic think things out all of that like really perfect group to deal with heartbreak quite honestly but man that is that is exactly what he just suggested though he's like they should come in here picking at the corpse well the other thing that's confusing about a potential shohei otani signing and yeah the the uniqueness of that contract and them using money to sign that player for reasons outside of the game of baseball if in fact ben's correct oh well i guess they're not re-signing vlad and Bo. what is the vision you're selling shohei otani post two years from now like so what like you're trading those guys in a year for returns for players who are somehow gonna help you now like what is the the vision of winning that you're selling to Shohei Otani beyond the next couple of years if it's not re-signing Vlad and Bo if you're Shohei again we're talking about a team that won 89 games not a hundred right and didn't win a playoff game but not the Dodgers but like yeah like what is what is the path to sustainable winning if you're not making a commitment to Vlad and Bo? It's I mean, confusing. I'm, ju- I'm just thinking aloud here. I don't think this would be the case, but, like, do you just become Team Japan? Like, do you, do you okay, like, there's all the big guys coming. We're not going to pay Vlad. We're not going to pay Bo, and that is our move. Like, we are going to shop, kind not exclusively, obviously, but we're going to use the advantage we have. Like, in a world where Shohei would have signed here, mm. sorry, didn't happen. You led me here. Don't look at me like that. It's like, Kikuchi brought Shohei. And Shohei will bring Yamamoto, and Yamamoto will bring whoever. Like, I think that maybe would have been the vision. But, yeah, I'm with you. It's very complicated to see, and that is why, another reason why you can see he ended up where he ended up. Oh, and, yeah. you know, the money.
the finger, and the the finger thing and the taxes. I don't know. If if the Jays had gotten the last year, would they have gone beyond seven hundred million? I don't know. Maybe it it, it does that's I think that's the toughest part is that you can you'll always wonder if Is just, there a limit for like one well, of these teams? Well, like did the, the Blue thing. Jays what? reach their limit? Would the Dodgers, would the Dodgers have gone have? to like a billion? Would they? Who knows? I don't know. It's just money. I <laughs> God, one do you think we'll ever like we're gonna find out more. There'll be drips and drabs that come out throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the years, da da da. But like how much of this like 30 years down the line, do we know 30% of what happened? Do we have a clearer picture than that? Uh, Who's to say? Yeah. Uh, at a certain point, um, people will be unafraid to talk about what went down here, I think. And there's some good reporters in Major League Baseball. We just talked to one. Uh, I think they'll do some Boy, digging. We. All right. As mentioned, Def Lapper Journey are coming to Rogers Center August 2nd next year. And we are giving away tickets on today's show to enter for a chance to win. Text in today's code word, open arms to 590 590 it's to see Def Leppard and Journey again open arms to 590 590 today is the last day we are giving away tickets for this event but if you don't win with us tickets officially on sale starting Friday December 15th 10 a.m at ticketmaster.ca when we come back your friend and ours Adnan Verk of MLB Network as the fan morning show continues Ben Annis Brent Gunning Sportsnet 590 the fan Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Uh, I was I was texting with Adnan Verk over the weekend. You were? Okay. okay. One of the many people I was commiserating with, right? Like, I, I think we all needed an outlet. Name dropper. I, I, texted, I, I texted you on the weekend. I yeah. said, let's let's have a phone call on Sunday to yeah. talk about our job. Well, that is big for you. It was. And I answered your text uh, in a timely fashion. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of people needed to blow off steam, needed to, to, to vocalize or text texticize their, their thoughts just to get through what was a very up and down weekend? Uh, Adnan on the line right now. He of MLB Network. How you feeling today, buddy? Well, I, I think we're still dealing with the different stages of grief, Ben. And I'm glad we texted to discuss it because you're right. It's you know the the euphoria didn't quite last long enough. Like I wish we, I wish we had like a week of that because that feeling on Friday was palpable. I mean, tracking flights and baseball Twitter blowing up and. At one point, like, I stepped away from my phone for an hour. I had 21 messages. Like, everyone's like, oh, my God, can you believe this? Oh, Donnie's picking the Jays. And uh, my old buddy, Sid Sixero, it's just an epic takedown of Jerry Hairston <laughs> after Jerry Hairston mocked the idea of picking Candle Bradley. Like, all of it was great fun. But, of course, the end result was going to be the Jays are going to get the best player in the sport, quite possibly one of the you know, greatest players of all time. And for the lead balloon to come out when it when I just saw the move like uh I go wah wah like Otani's not on the plane, he's still in Southern California. You just felt it start to turn. You go, Well, it doesn't mean the deal isn't done. It doesn't mean he's not gonna pick the Jays. I'm like, just just give it a second, right, guys? Let's let's slow your roll here. Yeah. It's like a celebrity crack showing interest in you. It's like, Oh my god, she likes me. Like, did you she likes you? Just you just slow down, it's okay, hey, hey, we've been here before, right? And then, bam, just to get punched in the face at, like, 3.20 on a Saturday afternoon via Instagram. Show you it's like, I didn't – I just wasn't expecting that, right? Like, just give me 48 hours. At least the Jays should have just – we could have all just assumed he was coming, enjoyed it a little bit longer. An Instagram post Saturday afternoon, no college football except for Army-Navy. <laughs> it, it didn't quite feel right. Great finish in Army-Navy, though, I will say. It was a great finish. 
<laughs> There's no good way for it to come out, but you're right. It did feel like the worst possible way. Like, I, I, again, Adnan, you have access to the world of Major League Baseball insiders and, and people who are not maybe positioned as insiders but have uh, contacts within Major League Baseball front offices. So it's above and beyond what we're all ingesting those of us in the un- unwashed masses, uh, how much did you believe on Friday? Yeah, that's a great point, Ben, because I was at the winter meetings in Nashville, as you guys know, and Monday my buddy Greg Amster does a phenomenal job. He's the ace of our staff. He was the one who was really publicly saying, I think he's going to the Jays. Now, again, he's not an insider, but he is one of the faces of Major League Baseball, and again, he's our lead host on MLB Network. He tells me Tuesday, and I go, hey, dude, I love the fact you're pumping up the Jays here. And he goes, well, I was in a Starbucks line, and someone gave me a giant smack on the butt, and I turn around, it's John Schneider, the Jays manager. I'm like, right. And he goes, he goes, okay, man, keep doing what you're doing. I was like, what? He's like, what's happening? Like, we're, we're getting them. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so like, now I look back at that moment. I'm like, well, what else would the Blue Jays manager think? Do you think he's going to smack on the butt and go, hey, we're not getting him. Just, you know, knock that stuff off. Like, of course he thought we were getting him. So I'm like, okay. Like, it's. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm questioning my own sources. Like, yes, if John Schneider is telling Greg Hampshire it's happening, it must be happening. And, you know, like I told you, when Verducci started to sell me on, it, on the air Wednesdays, no, I think it's going to be Toronto. I'm like, well, Tom Verducci, I've been reading since I was, you know, 10 years old. He's Mr. Baseball. He knows these things. And especially when he laid out the plan, fellas. Like, once you start to look at it logically, you go, yeah, how can we have not seen this? Like, this makes total sense. Like, Rogers is a massive company, telecommunications. They've got the money to spend. He can own Canada. There's no other stars to share the spotlight with, like Mookie and Freddie. Like, he'll be the guy. Like, obviously, Vlad and Bo are stars, but he'll be his own man and a huge Asian audience in Japan. Like, all this sort of fit together. You go, how could this not be Toronto? And so I think that's kind of what's painful, too. If you'd literally asked me, fellas, a week ago, I would have said to you, it's the Dodgers all the way. But once I got swept up in the maelstrom of it's Toronto, it's Canada, go big or go home. Like, oh, this is happening. This is it. No, it's not happening. I think that, that, that's honestly what makes it even more painful. Yeah, boy, it, it certainly does. And, you know, Adnan, like you said, you know, you're talking to Ben. You, you, you got a lot of friends who are, who are still, you know, in this fan base and you're a part of it as well. You, you look at it and it's, what do you think this does to the idea of like future hope? Like, you know, there's been Cody Bellinger rumors and I think a lot of people are saying, okay, like, honestly, no knock on you, Cody. Tell me when you've signed. We'll get there. Like, I just, if you talk about the gut punch part of it, what's going to happen the next time the Blue Jays are rumored? Like, do you think there will be some element of people that are hesitant to get their hopes up or afraid to get hurt? Because, you know, they've been down this road before. It felt like it had changed with Ryu and Gosman and Springer. And again, you know, I don't think this was a case of the blue flu. Far, far from it. But once again, you're on the, uh, the outside looking in. Like, what do you think this does to the idea of, this is a crazy way to ask this question, but like, hope for the Blue Jays fan base? Well, I do think it's a legit thought because, again, it, it can go back to the relationship analogy and say to yourself, you know, when I, when, just when I got my hopes up, you know, I thought Carmen Electra was into me. I finally thought Mariah Carey was looking my way. Whatever bombs you, know, you want to insert here. Yeah, yeah. It's all my old school 90s fix here, by the way. Um, once bitten, twice shy, right? Once you say to yourself, no, I really thought this was the one. I really thought she was into me. I cannot believe she spurned me again. I can't believe I'm here at the Lonely Hearts Supper Club by myself again. And she said no. So I, 
I do think that you get burned very quickly. And I think, especially as this particular offseason push, if next week we start to say the Blue Jays are interested in Bellinger, everyone's going to roll their eyes. And say, yeah, yeah, okay. You're not going to be this guy. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I've heard this story before. Let me guess. Bellinger's on a plane right now. He's taking a private jet to Toronto from Chicago. Like, that's not happening. So I think what's part of what made it so fascinating was, as you guys know, having been in the market for so long and doing the show, no of the free agents don't come, right? It's one thing to happen via trade. Yeah. It's one thing to draft these guys. But the, the, the free agent signing never happens. That's why Sid was right to just torch Harrison. And even I was bragging to everyone, like, because that American eagle, like, why would you pick Canada? Like, are you kidding? It's cold and they have high taxes. Like, ugh. So, so it, it would have been such a feather in the cap, I'm telling you, as a Canadian, to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have taken 75 and sunny and palm trees in Southern California and a perennial winner in prestige. But he chose Canada, baby. He chose Pizza Pizza. He chose Tim Hortons. He chose April. He, he chose April baseball where it's like, you know, plus seven outside. Poutine and Donair. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, that, that's what he wanted. It would have been such a, honestly, a great morale boost. And I, I always joke, Canadians, we sometimes have a, a bit of an inferiority complex in America, but this would have blown it out of the water. I'm like, really? You guys think we're small time? We got Otani, okay? He's the greatest free agent ever. And we got him. So take that and stick it. And I said, it doesn't happen. You go, wah, wah. And you look at it and go, were the Jays, were the Jays really in on him? I'm like, of course they were in on him. But were they being used for leverage? Did Otani all along want to go to the Dodgers, as we all assumed? And so his camp very cleverly kept things going. I feel for my buddy John Barros. He does a phenomenal job. Obviously, someone gave him the wrong information and told him, oh, he's going to Toronto. Yeah. He's on the jet or whatever. But I do think in the future now, yeah, I think a part of it will be the Jays management as well. They're going to tell the representatives, hey, we're not going through this entire thing again, okay? Like, we're serious about this. We want to make an offer. But don't just, you know, string us along here. We're a legit baseball organization. We want to win. We want to make this happen. But, yeah, I think for the fans, there's definitely going to be some skepticism down the air. Uh, there's no, uh, there's no Shohei Otani remaining in free agency. There might never be uh, someone to the level of Shohei Otani ever again available like in, 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 in free agency. There will be big name free agents though available, and and Juan Soto because he's a Scott Boris client will will hit the open market no matter how the season goes. It seems in New York with the Yankees. Do you think there was an understanding and and I, I'm sure they would have hoped this was going to be the case, but the the way the whole country was reacting in real time, and maybe social media is not the be- best gauge of this, but I do believe it to be true, that if they had signed Shohei Otani on Friday, it changes everything. And like baseball all of a sudden almost becomes the number one sport in this country, that there is a realization that, you know, signing someone, hey, Kevin Gosman, great player, great signing. George Springer, hey, they went toe-to-toe with the Mets, and he's a, a former World Series MVP. Hunjin Ryu was the reigning National League ERA champion. Those guys were not the, the, the type of free agent star, obviously, that Joey Otani was, or that Juan Soto is. Do you think there's a realization by the decision makers in this, in this country with this organization that, yeah, getting somebody that is at the tippy-top of the free agent pile in a given year could have such a profound impact on a city with such an inferiority complex. Yeah, I think so. And I think that was why they were just so bullish on getting Otani. Because, again, if we went to a month ago, if you told me rank the teams involved, I would have said the Blue Jays would be seventh. Think about that, seventh in Otani. I would have said Dodgers, number one, Giants, number two, Angels, three, Seattle, four, Texas, five. 
uh, Braves six, and uh, maybe the Mets in there as well. Like that's how far down the Blues would have been. And I think they recognize, hey, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. This is a generational player. This is a team that will spend. Of course, the Jays will spend, but they're not spending like the Dodgers, Yankees, Mets, Red Sox, etc. They're a little spend mid tier. But this is the guy, as you said, you can move mountains for because it will change the sport. I mean, you will literally have this entire country breathing, eating baseball all the time, 24-7 coverage, the way it was when the Jays were winning in 92 and 93. So I think they realized that this is the only way you could truly make baseball Canada's game. It'd be the number one sport in town, day in, day out. You'd own everything. You know, forget about it. print, television, online, from the moment that Otani, I can't just get picturing Otani in a Blue Jays jersey, right? Picturing him at Dunedin for the first thing, I'm like, oh my God, that jersey is going to be such an iconic jersey. Otani, Blue Jays, the baby blues, the home whites, whatever you want, the road grays, and like that jersey's going to be an all-timer. And instead, all of it comes crashing down. And what you have to look at is the overall reality, which is that generally, if you want a guy like this, you're going to have to overpay, obviously. Going back to B.J. Ryan, I remember J.P. Ricciardi telling me, he said, well, obviously, you need to overpay. Because he was the top closer available. So we're giving B.J. Ryan $47 million. You mentioned Springer. I believe the Mets were offering 120 Jays offered 150 So they're going to win. If you offer $30 million more, you're going to get him. And Ryu, four years, $80 million. Again, it was a little bit more than any other team was willing to give. That's the price of business when you're in Canada. You have to give a little bit more because these guys may be a little bit skeptical. And they say, oh, there's no use being higher taxes, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, when I look at this situation, here's what's the most frustrating part of it. The Yankees got Soto. Mm-hmm. He's unbelievable. This guy had a 410 on base, a 519 slug. I was talking to a friend of mine. He goes, he kind of had a down year, right? He goes, down year. He had 35 home runs and 109 RBI. The guy is a perennial 900 OPS player. If he's not a top five hitter in baseball, he's certainly a top 10. I know he's a butcher defensively, whatever. He's a great hitter. He's 25, three time all star, four time silver slugger. And the Yankees got him. Like, I look at that lineup now and I go, there's still a lot of ifs. Like, Stanton has to play 120. He's going to be banged up. Rizzo has to bounce back. Torres has to have another good season. But when I see Soto judge back-to-back, I go, oh, my God. Like, that's, that's pretty terrifying. So, when I look as the Blue Jays and say, well, we didn't get Otani and they got Soto, we got to get somebody, man. We, we, we cannot look our fans in the face in February and go, well, we made a couple of minor tinkers. No, no. Go get Bellinger. Go get Yamamoto. If you're willing to pay for Otani, you're willing to pay for another guy. If you have to overpay, you have to overpay. Because very quickly, you can go from like, oh, my God, the Jays got a tie to, oh, wow, the Yankees got Soto and the Jays didn't do anything. Yeah, if Yamamoto wasn't a pitcher, I do wonder if they'd maybe be a little more uh, aggressive there. There just hasn't been a ton of smoke. And again, not that they, you know, you you can always use pitching, but I do wonder, I do wonder uh, about that aspect of it. You know, this is going to sound to people outside of this conversation like, oh, go ahead, cope harder that you lost him. But is there a small chance... The Jays, eh, maybe this is too strong a term, but I'll still use it. Dodged a bullet here. $700 million for a guy who may never pitch again. We haven't seen the exact language of the deal. I'm sure physicals are all pending this. Who knows regarding opt-outs and things along those lines. But is there a small chance that the Jays said, thank goodness when this is all said and done? I don't think we're quite there yet, Brent. But you're right. I think given a lot of time, you will start to think that way because – 426.5 is the previous record by Trout. He blows us in the water with 700, which is just insanity when you actually think about it. Like, I kept thinking 10 years, 500, especially once he had the injury. Once it was a while, he's not pitching next year. So you're losing one year of pitching, and this, you know, they don't want to call it Tommy John, but it's Tommy John. So you're going to be a two-time Tommy John guy. The list of people who have pitched successfully after that is very small, and Nathan Evaldi is the most notable one. Generally speaking, it doesn't happen. 
So I'm like, you're going to be paying $500 million for a guy who's a DH. Like, he's going to have to learn a position here. Like, oh, Ty, we need you in right field. Like, give us a little bit more value if you're not pitching. If he does pitch, is he only going to be a closer? That could be an interesting thing. Like a John Smoltz, you know, he pitches a few days a week. He's only one or two innings. High leverage kind of thing. So you're right. I was like, you know, prior to that, I was a kill cat. Could be pushing six. But once the injury happened, I go, 10 years, 500. Maybe 12 for 550. And then when it was like, oh, the Jays are giving six. I'm like, wow, well, I guess, yeah, that's the price of business. Once they heard 700, I was like, oh, my God. Like, that is, that's a gaudy number. I, I was blown away. I mean, $70 million a year for a baseball player, even for someone we've never seen like Otani with his unique merchandising potential. You're obviously a bright breath. There's a chance that he puts up good numbers next year with the Dodgers. He hits 40 home runs and drives 100 and hits 300. And awesome. Great. For $70 million, By the way, you know, you can get that for $40 million if yeah. you're paying Aaron Judge that kind of money. So you do that for one year, you accept it. But if he comes back and tries to pitch and you go, eh, like what if he pitches if he just isn't as good? Like that can always happen. It's, it's not even a matter of he'll pitch and it'll be an ace or he can never pitch again. He might pitch and just be mediocre. Like he's like, after these surgeries, he just isn't the same guy as much of a competitor he is. He's like a four year, right? Four and a quarter, 100 innings, that's it. Like you're definitely not getting the value of that contract. But what do I know? The Dodgers are much smarter than me. They, they clearly cleared the deck for him, right? There's a reason why with Trey Turner leaving and Justin Turner leaving. Like they, they were clear with their payroll flexibility a year ago that they were going to load up on Otani and made that clear to everybody, and they got him. So they must have some sort of algorithm that, you know, by, by merchandising and overseas sales, mm. et cetera, et cetera, but what it does for the brands, they're printing money no matter what. And if, I mean, if you win a World Series in these first couple of years, I feel that contract. I wouldn't say a bargain, but it'll feel worth it. But yeah, to the average person, I'd say seventy million, seven hundred million. I don't know how you get that kind of value back. Nah, it's too much money. Guy stinks. He's a DH. Seventy million dollars for a DH? <laughs> Honestly, who would who would do it? I, you'd have to be an idiot. Uh, anyways, yeah, we're coping. <laughs> doing our best today, uh, Adnan. Thanks for uh, responding to my text and, and thanks for doing this today. No, of course, man. Thanks for thanks for texting. I reach out. Like I said, I think it's important. Misery loves company, especially in a situation like this. So, soldier on, fellas. All right. See you, man. Thanks. There's uh, Adnan Verk, MLB Network. Can I throw something at you? Yeah. All right. Five stages of grief. Uh, nobody nobody dealt with denial. No one saw the Instagram post and was like, that's not true. Yeah. No, they right away were like, oh, that's very true. So, we yeah. skipped right past maybe, that. Maybe denial was like after Friday and sure. him not being on route to Toronto. I was in denial because right. I was like, oh, the Jays still got this. Okay. No problem. Uh, anger. You've, you're, you've yeah, lived in been, that. Yeah. We're, we're past right. that? No, nah, I don't think we're past okay. it. <laughs> Have we got to bargaining yet? Because I feel like we just kind of did with the... No, the bargaining will come when it's like, oh, but Cody Bellinger. And actually, if you think about it, the versatility yeah. they're going to have with the DH days. Yeah. All right, so we'll do bargaining in a bit. Uh, and then is it depression when he hits like three bombs in April? Is that when depression hits? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. What stage is that? Depression. Fourth. Uh, last is acceptance. acceptance right? Yeah. Which uh, I, I don't know if we're going to get there. <laughs> I think I think the only no, way. win a World Series, I'll that's accept it. it. There's two ways. Uh, you win a World Series or Otani is the pumpkin yeah. as a pitcher that's possible. Then I think people go, mm. eh, you know, I, I can accept that. Uh, appreciate the the tweeters and the texter. It might be the same person, but on um, the text line, it's Bento from Mississauga. Do you trade Bo for Trout straight up? With the Angels, it must be the same guy because he spelled Angels incorrectly both uh, both ways. He called them the Angles. Yeah, uh, be a great team name, nerds. Okay, so one, the Angels said they're they're not moving Mike Trout. And he they, has they said a, that before Shohei Ohtani yeah. signed. 
he has a full no trade clause, and yeah, I heard from multiple people that he's not interested in. Honestly, you know what I think we should do anywhere that's not Philadelphia. We maybe should, we should get our hopes up and think he's going to come here because that worked out so well last time. I don't think anybody's doing no, that. No, but no, like, no, would no. I trade Bobuchet for Mike Trout? Yeah, sure. Like, does Mike Trout have now an injury history that's pretty long, and does he have a contract that's longer? That again, like, if we're going to make fun of Shohei Otani's contract, yeah. which we're only doing in jest, but yes. like. There's a real possibility that sure. that the Mike Trout money is is not so great, Mm-mm. considering he's like 35 million for another um, long zillion years, years yeah. yeah, a quadrillion dollars for a bazillion years, yeah, yeah. Um, give or take. But yeah, he's Mike Trout. Like here, that that's something that uh, like gives you pause, right? If you're a Blue Jays fan, you're like, give me something that's exciting, yeah, that makes me not think that this is. The worst offseason in the history of this franchise, no matter what happens, because the expectations were so high. And now we're, we're, we're talking about Cody Bellinger. Yeah, that, that would do it. Yeah, it would. Man, we got two really interesting things in the last hour of that show. I mean, a million things from BNS, of course. Uh, but the, the one that also jumped out to me is the ad dance story about John Schneider. Feeling yeah. so good. Smacking guys on the butt in a Starbucks line. That is a baseball manager. Yeah. And like, I'm sure John is in jest. You know, it's in jest. And like, yeah, it, th- those are off the record type interactions, that conversations. But I, here's one thing I feel pretty certain about whatever was relayed to the Blue Jays from Shohei Otani and his camp, mm-hmm. they felt like yes. they were very much in it and might have felt. And some reporting out yep. there, and Ben heard exactly. it. Might have felt that it was done on Friday, okay? So you think you're disappointed? Yeah. I think Mark feel. Shapiro and Ross Atkins yeah. feel probably more <laughs> disappointed because their livelihoods depend on it. Yeah, you, I mean, the livelihood doesn't matter as much, but you can keep going up the ladder. Like, there ain't a person involved in this that is not disappointed in, in the way that ended. Like, it's just, it's, it's frustrating. You push all in, and... You, by all intents, gave a great pitch, and this is the way it ends with a guy going where we think he always going to go all along. It's, it's frustrating. Yay. Yeah, awesome. All right, we'll continue to move off of it uh, tomorrow. Leaves uh, tonight. Yeah, that's right. Uh, fan morning show, Ben Ennis, Frank Gunning, Sportsnet 590 fan. Good morning.